0: Enjoy the message. I want to take a few minutes this morning. Uh, Today, Lord willing, um, I'll be finishing up this little mini-series that I've been doing called Imagine. I spoke to you one Sunday on uh, Imagine Forgiveness. Uh, Aren't you grateful today that we have forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ? And because we've been forgiven... Uh, we should offer forgiveness to those uh, who have hurt us. And I told you that definition of forgiveness was showing the heart of God to those that have caused pain and hurt in your life. So I don't know about you, but I'm grateful forgiveness. It's a beautiful word. And then we talked last Sunday about redemption and about how we're all Uh, slaves to sin and how this Redeemer, the great Redeemer, Jesus Christ, come and purchased us from sin and freed us from those chains in our life. Aren't you grateful today that you've been freed from those chains, the chain of sin? (laughs) Praise the Lord. I know we all are very grateful. But today I want to talk to you and finish up on a topic that we should all be rejoicing over, uh, a topic that we don't hear much preaching on and teaching on anymore. Uh, I believe one reason why we don't hear much preaching and teaching on this subject that I'm going to be speaking on today is because we have become so earthly minded that we're so focused on the things here on earth that we forget that this is not our home, that we are just pilgrims passing through. We are headed to a heavenly home if we are Christians. I want to ask you this morning to imagine with me, I want you to imagine with me living in a home. Now picture this. I want you to imagine with me living in a home where there is no bills, praise the Lord, no mortgages, no taxes, hallelujah, no repairs to have to be done. Better yet, I want you to imagine with me this morning a home where there's no brokenness, a home where there's no fighting, a home where there is no division amongst the family, A home where there is no divorce. A home where all the family gets along. Hallelujah. I want you to imagine with me this morning a home where there is no suffering. A home where there's no addictions to battle. A home where there is no sickness to have to press through and deal with. A home where there's no funerals. A place where there's no more problems and a place where there's no more troubles. Man, wouldn't that be a lovely place? The place that I've asked you to imagine this morning is a real place, and that real place is called heaven. It's called heaven. And let me tell you, it is a real place. Heaven is not some state of mind. Heaven is not some fairy tale story where we're going to be on some white puffy clouds playing a harp and a violin. We may, but that's not all of it. It's not a fairy tale, I can tell you that. Heaven is a real place where Christians will go to live forever. And as God's people, we should be rejoicing this morning that heaven is in our future. We should be rejoicing. We we should not get so tangled up and caught up with the things of this world by laying up treasures here and forgetting that there's a place that we're headed to and it's called heaven, and that's where we should be putting our treasures at. So we have this place that we get to look forward to Called heaven and I believe that it's going to be a place that we're all going to be at as God's people will be very soon but you know when you look through the scriptures and you look on the subject of heaven that's the doctrine of heaven there are some things that God shows us in his word uh, but there's some things that we are we don't discover we won't ever know until we finally get to heaven but there are some glimpses that the Scripture shows us that what heaven will be like and what heaven will not be like. You remember uh, in the Apostle Paul, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, I don't have it on the screen, but do you remember when, when Paul, uh, he was caught up in a vision, he says, into the third heaven, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But Paul says, and he was talking about this man, he was talking about himself, he says, I know this man... Paul's talking about himself. He says, I know this man, whether I was in my body or apart from my body, I don't know, but God knows. He says, I was caught up into heaven or I was caught up into paradise. He says, I heard some inexpressible things, things that man is not even permitted to tell. Paul got a glimpse of heaven. And Paul is telling us this morning that heaven is above our imagination. Heaven is above our understanding and our comprehension. There's just going to be some things about heaven that we don't know here, but we'll find out later. That's what's going to make it heaven. But let me just tell you this. Whatever Paul saw, whatever Paul heard, and whatever Paul saw must have been powerful because it gave him a strong desire from that day forward to always want to go and be in heaven. That's why we find these scriptures here in Philippians where Paul says, for me to live Uh, is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul says, because of what I've seen, because of what i heard, if I die, I'm going to be gaining. And then he says in Philippians uh, verse 1, a few verses later, uh, excuse me, 23, Paul says, I'm torn between the two. I'm torn between staying here on earth and being with you, and I'm torn with going to be with Christ in heaven, because heaven's going to be far better, is what Paul said. He says, to die is gain, and heaven is going to be far better than anything that we're going through here on this earth. Paul was not afraid. Paul was not afraid to die because he knew that heaven was in his future. I hope heaven is in your future this morning. So many people, so many people are afraid to die. You know that today, as I'm speaking and throughout this whole world today, Studies say that approximately 250,000 people will die today in one day. 250,000 people will die. Just imagine opening up uh, your newspaper this morning and you looked in the obituaries and it said 250,000 people are dead today. That's actually happening every day. Friend, here's my question. Where are they going? Where, Where are these people going that are leaving this earth? The Bible teaches us today, the Bible teaches, and I'm telling you today, that the Bible says that when you leave this earth, when you pass away, you either go to heaven or you either go to hell. Now, I know some of you don't like that being said, and I know some of you feel funny about it, but I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. You know, there's a study out there that's been done, and, uh, you know, over 70, close to 80% of people in this study said they believe that heaven is a real place. And less than 10% of some of them uh, said that they didn't believe hell was a real place. And let me just tell you this morning, friend, listen, I know I'm preaching on heaven, but let me just take time to tell you, heaven is a real place and hell is a real place. And Jesus preached on hell. Jesus told us that hell was a real place. And it's been designed to uh, that where the devil and his demons will go to. And eventually, those people who willfully and make the choice to rebel against God, they will end up there as well. But today I want to focus on heaven and heaven being a real place. Many people have all kinds of questions about the afterlife. So I just wanted to take a few minutes this morning to answer some questions about heaven that we all have had. I'll tell you, it's been kind of funny because over the last few weeks, I've had uh, some little girls from Missionettes come up to me and ask me some questions about heaven. I got a message the other night from one of our small groups here in the church uh, about heaven, and I was thinking, God's just confirming this thing the whole way. And I hope these questions will be answered uh, from, according to God's Word today. And that you will rejoice because you're on your way to heaven. And how we can apply it to our life today. So I want to share with you six powerful verses found in the gospel of John. John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. You can turn in your Bibles there now. John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6. This, is, this uh, right here is Jesus speaking to his disciples. You will not find Jesus saying this in any other gospel. It's only found in the gospel of John. Many commentators and scholars believe this is the the Holy of Holies. This is the heart of God through chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. But here in chapter 14, we find Jesus talking to his disciples. They're there in that setting. It's the Last Supper. You know, he's just about at the place where he's going to be crucified. And Jesus is having a conversation with his followers. So here's what he says, starting in verse 1. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. Let me tell you right now, Jesus is coming back. I don't care what you think or what you believe, friend. Jesus says he's coming back and he will come back. I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. He's coming back to take his people to heaven to be with him. We should be looking forward to it. You know the way, on the, uh, you know the way Jesus said to the place I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus replied, he says, I am the way and the truth, and the life. Listen to this. This is going to blow their mind when he says it. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one's going to go to heaven. The only way they're going to get there is through Jesus. So we come to this setting here, and we realize that the disciples, evidently their hearts are troubled, because Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Maybe there was an indication on their face, like some of you this morning I see. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Why were their hearts troubled? Their their whole life was shaken. I mean, here they are, and they're following Jesus, and he's their leader. And Jesus, in this time with them, he tells them, listen to what he says to them. He says, we're going to come together, and one of you uh, is going to betray me. Talking about Judas. And then he looks at all of them, he says, not only is one of you going to betray me, but one of you who was a leader, you're going to deny me three times before morning. And not only that, but I'm getting ready to leave all of y'all. I'm getting ready to leave and I'm gonna be killed on a cross. Can you imagine how their hearts felt? Their leader, there he is, and one of them is gonna betray him, one of them is gonna deny him. He's about to leave them. They don't know where he's going, he's gonna be killed on a cross. Their hearts were troubled. Let me ask you this morning has your heart ever been troubled? Has your heart ever been troubled? I'm not talking about physical heart trouble. I'm talking about your heart is just pounding because of the burden and the trouble and the problems that you're going through. You're troubled with the confusion. You're troubled with fear, not knowing what the future holds. You're troubled with grief. You're troubled with those inner storms in your life. Let me tell you, friend, these disciples were troubled in their heart. And Jesus went to them and said, you know what? Be encouraged. Don't be troubled because you're going to be with me and you're going to be in heaven. So those same words that Jesus used, that same truth that he gave to them, it calmed their hearts. And today, friend, if you showed up this morning and you have a troubled heart, let me tell you the same promise is true to you, that Jesus is coming back and we're going to go be with him one day in heaven. So, friend, that should encourage you today. That should encourage you. Encourage one person, praise the Lord. (laughs) And if we're going to be in heaven forever, I think we ought to know a little bit about heaven and where we're going. So let's see what the Bible says this morning. I just want to answer some questions And if you have any questions for me after the service, you come to me and I'll send you to my wife. First of all, I want you to know this. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Heaven is a real place because Jesus said it was a real place. That's all I need to know right there. Jesus said it. He said, trust in God, trust in me, that there's many rooms in my Father's house. Jesus said that heaven is real, and you can trust Jesus, friend. Heaven is real. It's a real place, and it's where the throne of God is. The Bible says in Psalm 114 that the Lord is in his holy temple, that the Lord's throne is in heaven. Romans 8.34 tells us that Jesus is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Aren't you grateful today? There's a real place called heaven, and Jesus is there, and right now he's he's praying for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. He's praying for me, and Lord, I need it right now. He's praying for you, and he's praying for whatever's troubled your heart today, friend. I know it's good that we come together and pray, but the greatest news of all is that Jesus is praying for you. And he's in a real place called heaven praying for you. And that should calm your troubled heart. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21 uh, 21 and chapter 22 that that heaven is a real place that has landscape. There's going to be landscape there. There's going to be walls that are filled with pearls and streets made with gold. There's going to be a river there, the river of gladness, the river of life. There's going to be trees there. There's going to be the tree of life with all kinds of fruit on that tree and And then the Bible says that heaven is a real place and there's not going to be uh, no need for the sun or the moon because God's glory is going to be the light there. The Bible says the Lamb is the light in heaven. Jesus is going to light up heaven. It's a beautiful place. Heaven is a beautiful place. And the Apostle John, he actually compared that beauty of heaven with the beauty of a bride that's dressed right before her groom. Heaven is a place... A real place first and foremost because Jesus said it's a real place. So where is heaven? Let me go ahead and tell you, heaven is not in the mountains of North Carolina. There's a glimpse of heaven there, I believe. But our land right now is marred by sin, so it truly can't be a picture of heaven. Heaven is not at uh, uh, Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. Heaven, I think, because of what the Bible says, heaven is up. The psalmist said, the Lord looks down from heaven... On the sons of men to see if there are any who understand and any who seek him. Jesus, you remember what Jesus said in John uh, chapter 3, verse 13? He says, No one has ascended up to heaven but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, talking about himself. Do you remember in uh, the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus has been crucified and now he's in his glorified body, he's been resurrected. And, and he's about to go there, and he's talking to him about the great commission, about going out and making disciples. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that he ascends up into where heaven. He ascends up, and we see that heaven is up. And the Bible, the Hebrews actually believed that there was there was three heavens. The first heaven is the sky that you see when you walk outside, when you see the birds flying, uh, you see the clouds. And the only way you can get to this sky, well, you might can get to this sky by Jeremy Williams. He's a pilot. Maybe Brad Lee can get you there. There may be some other ones that can get you into this heaven right here. Then there's a second heaven the Bible teaches us. It's the home of the sun and the moon and the stars. And the only way that you can get to this heaven is by a space shuttle or a rocket. And then there's a third heaven, which is the home of God, the dwelling place of God. And the only way you can get to this heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can get to this heaven. It's a place where all the redeemed will live forever with God. And I don't know about you, friend, but I am so ready. I am more ready than I've ever been in my life. I am ready to go be with Jesus in heaven. I'm looking forward to I hope. I hope and pray you're ready. Because I want us to all be in heaven together. So, what will we do in heaven? What will we do in heaven? Well, the Bible tells us that we're going to worship in heaven. What did he say this morning? If we can't worship here, how are we going to worship when we get up there? The Bible says we're going to worship in heaven because the, the Bible tells us that heaven is a place of uh, music. There's going to be lots of music. There's going to, it's a place of praise. It's a place of rejoicing. So you're going to be worshiping the Lord up there. You're going to be praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. I get to join the heavenly choir. <laughs> it's going to take a great anointing, I can tell you. But it's also going to be a place of service, friend. Listen, we're going to be working in heaven, but it's not going to be the kind of work that we know here because the Bible says that heaven is a place of rest. You won't become weary. You won't become tired. You won't be burdened by the things that you got to do. You're going to be serving around the altar, and we're all going to be given these specific jobs that we're going to do while we're in heaven. So we'll be working in heaven. It'll be a place of learning. We're going, when we get to heaven, we're going to go to the school of Christ because it's going to be a place where you're constantly learning more and more about the glory of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a place of learning. But i tell you, if you look at the Bible, the Bible tells you a lot more about what's not going to happen in heaven than what's going to happen in heaven. And the Bible says in Revelation 21.4 that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So that tells me right there, when we get to heaven, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to shed any tears. You know what? We're not going to hurt anymore. We're not going to suffer anymore. How many of y'all grateful for that today? Listen, heaven, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let me go ahead and encourage you this morning about heaven. Heaven is going to be a place where the Bible says there's no more death. There's going to be no need to go to a funeral home anymore. There's going to be no need for a casket again, friend. No more death, no more war, no more fighting, no more murder, no more dying children, no more dying parents, no more dying spouses, friend. It's all over because in heaven there's no more death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more sorrow No more sorrow. That means no brokenness, no more in our lives. No, no disappointment. How many times have you been disappointed by people? No more disappointments. No more regrets. No more failures. No guilt. No shame. No more tears. The Bible says that means no more burdens that we have to carry. No depression. Praise the Lord. No arguing. No loneliness. No more heartache because there's no more tears. No more pain. That means there's no more disease, no more accidents, no abuse, no addictions. Listen to me, friend. Don't let your hearts be troubled this morning because heaven is a perfect place. I'm telling you, it's a perfect place. It's perfect because there's no more sin there and Satan's not there. And it's going to be a perfect place. So here's another question that people have. Well, we have bodies in heaven. And the answer is yes, we will have bodies in heaven. We'll have a body, but it won't look like the body that you have here on this earth. Praise the Lord. The, the Bible tells us that we're going to have a glorified body. I'm, I'm just telling you some truth. I'm just walking through This is going to be the most simple message that you've ever heard about heaven. But the Bible tells us that we're going to receive a glorified body. Paul told us in uh, second, oh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, In the twinkling of an eye, when the trumpet is sounded, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. We will be changed. That means that we're going to receive a new body, a glorified body that is suited for heaven. We're going to have a glorified body that's suited for heaven. And I've already got a picture in my mind what my glorified body is going to look like. It's going to be a cross. When you're in heaven and you're looking for Pastor Jeff, you're going to see a cross between Rambo, Fabio, and Ric Flair. (laughs) And I'm going to have some nice hair. (laughs) Listen, I don't know what our bodies are going to look like. But I know what the Bible tells us. And the Bible says that we will receive a new body, a glorified body. You know why? Because the Bible says that flesh and bone will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we will receive a glorified body. Here's another question that people have about heaven. I'm just trying to go through this list that people have asked me over some time, and especially these last few weeks. Will we be married in heaven? Now, I already told you heaven was a perfect place, so that should answer your question right there. My wife's working kids church today. <laughs> we'll leave it like that. We listen. Stop, Jeff. Here's what Jesus said about marriage. He says there will not be marriage because at the, re- at the resurrection people will neither marry or be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Listen. There there won't be no purpose for marriage in heaven because there's no need for procreation anymore. There's no loneliness no more because Jesus is going to be there. He's going to be the focus of everything. Yes, we will still know each other. Uh, Yes, there will still be relationships that we have with one another. I I believe very intimate relationships, very close relationships. But there won't be any need for marriage anymore. You're a brave man. I'm just glad I didn't hear Amen. But he's telling, he is right, there will not be marriage. But listen, here's the good news. Will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? Yes, we will recognize our loved ones in heaven. The Bible indicates that we'll recognize our loved ones in heaven. You remember when uh, King David had the little baby that died, and King David declared, he says, you know, I want to go to him. uh, But you know what? I mean, I want to go to him. He can't come back to me, but I can go to him. And what he was saying is, is that he's telling us that I believe that when I get to heaven, I'm going to recognize that baby of mine that's passed away. I'm going to know that child when I get to heaven. And how about on the mountain of transfiguration? You remember there, the apostles are gathered there on the mountain with Jesus, and guess who shows up? Moses and Elijah. How in the world did they know them, who they were? Because they could recognize them. They could recognize Him. How about when Jesus was crucified, then resurrected with His glorified body? Friend, the, the disciples recognized Him. And if they recognized Jesus in His glorified body, then we will recognize each other as well. And being able to recognize our loved ones is going to be one of the greatest blessings of heaven. But let me tell you, friend, all the things that I've mentioned to you already, they're, they're going to be things that are going to be great to us when we get to heaven. They should encourage us right now. Uh, that we're going to be there and we're going to experience all these things about our being reunited with our loved ones and just seeing the glories of heaven. But the greatest thing about heaven, friend, is being there face-to-face with Jesus. That's the greatest thing. We get so caught up on, can we do this or are we going to better do that? Friend, when you get to heaven, it's going to be all about Jesus. Being with Him face-to-face. This past year, uh, I had an opportunity Uh, to go travel some uh, out of the state, and I was gone for close to a week. And I'm telling you this to just kind of indicate what heaven's going to be like. And when I finally arrived back into Clipso, North Carolina, when I walked there and when I pulled up in my driveway in Clipso and pulled up there and walked into the back door of my house, well, let me just tell you, first of all, when I got there to the house, the first person that I uh, saw was Oreo, and Oreo is not one I wanted to kiss or hug. When I walked in the back door after being gone a week like that, uh, I didn't grab the refrigerator and try to hug the refrigerator. I wasn't kissing all the photos on the wall. My main purpose was getting in that house and finding the one that I love, and that was Lisa, so I could get a hug and get a kiss. And get a hold of my boys and love on them. And that's how it's going to be when we get to heaven, friend. Yes, there's going to be some great things there for us to enjoy. Walls with pearls, streets with gold, the river of gladness. And our loved ones are going to be all around us. But let me tell you, when you get to heaven, you're going to have one purpose in mind. And that's to get to Jesus, the one who died for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is my Redeemer. I look forward to seeing my Redeemer. And that thing about Jesus worshiping Him face to face, that should outweigh everything else about heaven, and it will when we get there. So He needs, He's gonna listen, Jesus is gonna be the center of heaven. And if He's gonna be the center of heaven, why can't He be the center of your life right now? And I pray that He is. So when do we get to heaven? Just going through some questions. This fifth grade Sunday school teacher was quizzing her class about heaven. And she, she asked the kids, she said, if I sold all my property and gave all my money to the church, would that get me into heaven? And the class said, no. And the teacher went on to ask, if I contributed to making the earth a better place to live by planting flowers and doing good deeds, would that get me into heaven? And they responded with a big No. And the teacher asked, if I love my family, and I love my friends, and I love my pets, oh Lord, and treat everyone with love and respect, would that get me into heaven? And with a loud response, they yelled, no. And when the teacher said, well, how can I get to heaven then? And little Johnny in the back room shouted, you have to be dead. (laughs) And that's true. That is true. That's true unless Jesus comes back before then. And you know what he said in those verses I read to you today, that he is coming back. And there's some teachings out there. Listen to me, friend, that you have to be weary of. There's some teachings out there that suggest that when when you die... That you go into some kind of suspended uh, sleep in purgatory somewhere. Let me. The Bible clearly teaches us that when a follower of Jesus Christ dies, they will go directly to be at home with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Do you remember the thief on the cross when he was hanging there with Jesus? He said, Jesus, uh, will you please remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And what did Jesus say? He says, today, today you will be with me in paradise. He, you will be with me in paradise. Let me just tell you something this morning. Don't be afraid to die. Don't, don't, if you, listen, if you're a follower of Christ, don't be afraid to die. If you are here this morning and you're not a follower of Christ, you should be trembling. You should be trembling. Because the Bible says what a dreadful thing it is to fall in the hands of a living God. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should be trembling. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, friend, I'm here to tell you that death, death is only a doorway to heaven. Billy Graham said... One day that you're gonna read about me in the papers that I'm dead, but don't believe that for one minute. He says, I'll be alive more than I've ever been alive before in my life. Because he's in heaven. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now those who die in the Lord, their soul goes to be with Jesus in heaven. And one day they'll receive a glorified body. So, how do I get to heaven? As I wrap things up, how do I get to heaven? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is telling us, as plain as he can say it, that there's no other way to heaven except through him. He says in John chapter 3 verse 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. What does he mean? That means there needs to be a spiritual rebirth in your life. A place where you have come to the cross and confessed your sins and invited Christ to be your Savior and to be your Lord. That you've turned from sin and you've put your trust in Jesus. Heaven is a place for those who have received Jesus Christ. Listen friend, you won't get to heaven by joining a church. You won't make it to heaven by being a part of a denomination, no matter what it is. Listen, you won't enter heaven by doing good deeds. There's not a set of scales out there in Cosmos that weighs your good and weighs your bad. And at the end, if there's enough good, you make it into heaven. It doesn't work like that. Friend, listen, heaven is not for perfect people. It's not for good people. Heaven is for those that have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the forgiveness in Jesus Revelation 21, 27 says this. Listen to me, please. This is a powerful verse. Nothing impure will ever enter into it, talking about heaven, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let me just ask you this morning. I pray, I hope and pray that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Have you accepted Jesus as the way and the truth and the life? When was it that you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Is he, the, is he your ticket to heaven this morning? Or are you trusting in good works? Are you trusting in a church membership? What are you trusting in? Because anything except Jesus is all in vain. Trust in Jesus. And if you want to apply anything to this sermon today, friend, into your life about from John chapter 14, listen to me. Please listen to me. Make sure. Make sure. Make sure that you're on your way to heaven to be with Jesus. Because the Bible says, what profit a man if he gained the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? You know, my heart's going to be shattered, knowing that through the ministry here at this church and through the preaching of the word that people will sit under uh, that preaching and hear the gospel and hear the truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven and people miss heaven, my heart will be shattered. Friend, do not miss out on an opportunity to make things right with God because let me tell you something, friend, and I could pull a man standing, sitting there in the back right now, but we're all living on the edge of life and death. And in just a minute, something unexpected can happen that can flip your whole world upside down. Or you think, well, I'll get right tomorrow. I'll get right next week. There may not be no tomorrow. This is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Don't put it off, friend. Don't be afraid of death. Listen, you you need to make sure your heart is right with God through Jesus Christ so when you're called home, you can go out of here and that we'll have a peace and we'll have a hope. Yes, we're going to miss people. Yes, we're going to grieve, but we don't grieve like the world because we got a hope knowing that one day we're all going to be together with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come help me, sir, please. So let me ask you this morning. Are you trusting in Jesus Christ? Is your faith in Jesus this morning? I, I really wished I had time that I could call each and every one of you up here, one by one, and talk to you face to face to make sure that you got your heart right with God. Because listen, life is like a mist, like his life of vapor. We're here today and gone. This is not it, friend. This is not it. We're on a journey right now just going through and we're headed to a place called heaven. I hope you are because if you're not headed to heaven, then that tells me that you're headed to hell. And I don't want anybody to go. This church doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That's why we're here today. So we can be a place where you can come and find hope in Jesus Christ. Is your heart troubled this morning because of the sin in your life? Right there where you're at, you can say, Jesus, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe your son died for me on the cross. And right now in faith, you know, in faith, I just confess right now, Lord, that you did that for me. And you took my place. And, and I want you to forgive me of my sins, Lord. And, and I want you just to come and live in my life and begin to lead me and guide me, Lord. Because I want to be with you forever in heaven. I, I don't want to miss out on heaven. I don't want to miss heaven. And I sure don't want to end up in hell. And I just ask you, Lord, right now, will you, will you come into my life, I'm, I'm receiving you. I'm accepting you as the gift of salvation for me right now, God, to rescue me from my sins.